Hey, Geektitude listeners. I love gaming just as much as Joe loves gaming, and we love to talk about World of Warcraft and talk with people about it. So listen to Frazzlecast, a weekly podcast where we talk with people from around Azeroth and beyond. Find us at gnomepodcast.com or in your favorite podcast players. Just for spelling the name, it's F-R-A-Z-L-C-A-S-T. I should have thought better for naming that. Hello, my name is Joe Hogan. Many of you know me as Epic Grays in various video games and social media. Welcome to episode 158 of Geektitude, a geek culture podcast that celebrates the inner geek in all of us. And ladies and gentlemen, we are finally, after many, many weeks of missing him, joined once again by Ray Vargas. How you doing, Ray? Yay. What's up, Joe? I'm doing good. <laughs> I'm doing good. Do I sound a little shell-shocked? Right now. <laughs> More than a little shell shock. You have been a busy man, my friend, but we have very, very greatly missed you. Oh, thanks. How man. have you been? Um, very busy. Um, very uh I guess kind of in go mode, like I just kind of explained to you before we started recording. Um, but good. I mean, you know, it's very, very busy and yet also very, very healthy. So <laughs> <laughs> you know, like very, very able, very capable of, you know, just kind of taking on whatever, you know, life is throwing at me these days. So grad school, uh, a ton of travel, just really busy recruitment season. Um, but, you know, I'm I'm in grad school, which is awesome. <laughs> and I really love my job being a recruiter. I get to talk to high school art students and, you know, kind of help them, you know, get into college. So that's really cool. And I love to travel. That's something that I'm like, people say they love to travel, you know, but mm-hmm. I'm starting to realize like, no, I love like the middle, like coach seat, <laughs> like, like <laughs> the middle seat and coach, like standing in the lines at like six in the morning, like, you know, shoving my bag up in the, in the top, you know, storage area to plane, the whole little, you know, dry pretzels, you know, find something to watch on this five hour flight. Like I love travel. And I think it's just this idea that I'm going somewhere. I think something about my brain and how I like to, you know, like have stuff to chew on, like travel just really makes me happy. So even though it's like, even if I'm exhausted, you know, like even if I'm, you know, all the little discomforts that come with travel, like I just love it. So I'm really lucky. I feel like that this job, like I get to travel so much, Uh, but you know, that means life gets put on hold. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Just got to say bye to my family and friends for a good chunk of every year. Um, And I've been getting like questions about like, you know, uh, when are you going to do another podcast? Like, oh, they had a good episode. You know, last last, uh, week's Geekitude episode was great. And I was like, oh, cool. Tell Joe I said hi. (laughs) 
<laughs> That's awesome. I've, I've been looking forward to this um, because, you know, I mean, I just want to geek out with you because we did that even before right. we did the podcast. Um, and this movie, Joe, like. I, I just, I don't, I don't even know, Ray. Like I've got so many feelings and so many, I don't even want to say concerns because it's not concerns. I'm just. Like there's there's a lot there's a lot of layers which I'm not even going to go into right now. Let's jump into yeah. our weekly geekery. Yeah, let's then, do that, and then we'll 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 dive in. Um, do you have you had any time to to geek out on this? Yeah, like road. Absolutely. Um, and I think so. After last year, you know, which was also tough, I was like, okay, I'm going to make a series of adjustments and you know, pre- better prepared for next year, and. Some of that has been like, you know, oh, Joe has been telling me about Marvel Unlimited for so long. One day I'm going to check that out. And now, like, I don't know what I would do without Marvel Unlimited on a plane. You know, like, honestly, like that's I am deep into um, Christopher Priest's run on Black Panther. Um, I reread Paul Jenkins' 12 issue uh, Inhumans. Um, I'm into the Sentry right now. So I'm in that, like like Marvel, like dark Marvel Knights, like era of, you know, when, 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 when Joe Quesada kind of first took over, you know, that batch of characters for Marvel and was like doing his thing uh, as an editor there. And the, the funny and kind of dangerous thing about Marvel unlimited is that it really is like practically unlimited. Like they picked the right title for it right, right. because at first I was like, oh, I'm going to see what's going on with X-Men right now. And then I'm like, oh, okay, well, that's like the previous arc is probably like good to read so that I can get. Oh, the one before that was Grant Morrison's, the end of his new X-Men. Oh, okay. Oh, well, I left off right. Be- and then before you know it, you're like two decades back. Right. right. <laughs> so I'm basically like making my way through. The, the greatest, like Marvel's greatest hits over the last two decades, like in sequential order from when I stopped like heavily reading comics. <laughs> so I thought I was just going to dive in. I thought I was just going to like, you know, dive into, you know, Aaron, uh, which is Jason Aaron's, uh, you know, run on Thor. And instead I'm like, no, I'm going to read the best of the best stories of everything I've missed since, you know, 2005. So that's what I've been doing. And then just, you know, watching movies here and there. Um, I, I'm, I'm a season into Fleabag on Amazon, which I know is not geeky, but is one of those things that everyone's geeky about these days. Right. Like I right. had that show recommended to me so many times and I finally dove in and I really like it. So just stuff like that. But dude, Marvel Unlimited, like, oh my God. <laughs> I, need get, I need to get back into that. I, I have... Uh... Stepped away from it a little bit, but I was in the middle of a Monica Rambo deep dive, and oh uh, right, and I did, I need to go back to that because that would be a yeah. lot of fun to finish. Well, up. I have a lot of like you know waiting in to get on the plane, you know, right. sitting on a plane, you know, waiting for my baggage to come out, waiting for the rental car. You know, I have a lot of that in my life right now. When I'm not answering emails, I'm reading. So it also feels just good to read all the time. Yeah. Do you find that that twelve? Uh, 12 issue download limit is uh problematic for you uh it was at first and now i feel like i have it down like (laughs) i am like you know because because i'm reading online except for when i'm about to get on the plane 
Gotcha. And so I like, for instance, uh, Century, 12 issues, Inhumans, 12 issues. So I like bookmark those 12 issue little like mini series, like maxi series runs. Mm-hmm. And I download those. So those are like locked and loaded waiting for me for when I get on the plane. Gotcha. So even if I'm like in the middle of like an arc on Black Panther or whatever, once I'm on the plane, I'm reading whatever's downloaded. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. That's my method. It's working. <laughs> awesome. That's great. Yeah. What about you, man? What have you been up to? God, it feels so long since I talked to you. <laughs> well, I, I think I, I think I talked about it last week with Raven, but um, I did uh, last week we did our, our Red Eye 10 theater festival where we're there for like all day putting on shows right. and it was awesome, but um, it's been a lot of, it's been a lot. <laughs> it's been a lot when you're, when you're a man down, like we are right now. And um, you have 96 kids that need to be shuttled and we oh, don't have enough room God. for everybody. Um, but I've been lucky because um, my, one of my better stage managers who graduated several, I think 2016, um, she's back helping me and she's running like workshops with my tech kids. And then um, one of my colleagues was uh, Sean Strand has a high school friend who teaches stage combat for a living. And we have, Damn, that's cool. yeah, and we have the sophomores doing Romeo and Juliet. So, uh, so he came in and doing workshops with, um, with all of them and it's, it's cool, but I feel a little detached because I feel like everybody else is teaching my kids. And I'm, I mean, I'm directing a show, but it's, it's, it's a little, I'm a, I'm discombobulated. And by yeah. the time I get, by the time I get to the weekend, I am exhausted. So I'm very excited that this weekend I can kind of just chill. And so yesterday I, um, I finished up this the last story arc of um, the war campaign in World of Warcraft, and they're doing some really good storytelling in there. Um, awesome! Yeah, everybody's been trying to figure out how they're going to deal with the kind of we have a the, the horde has a renegade uh, war chief, and she, uh, you know, they 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 everybody's worried about how because a couple expansions ago the whole end of it was the horde kind of revolting against their war chief and and ousting him out of Ogrimmar and everybody was like, well, are we going to do that again? But I like the way they changed it up to make it a little bit different. Um, I mean, that's gotta be exciting, right? To, you know, hear how long you've been playing and you're like, yeah, we don't know how this is going to happen. Like, that's oh, cool. yeah, they've been doing such a good job with storytelling where people are guessing, people are trying to come up, people are going, Oh my God, I can't believe they did that. Yeah. Um, it's cause I mean, when you think about like to put it in comic book terms, like when you're in a good run and you've been in a good run for a while, you you get that kind of excitement where every time you open the issue, you're you're wondering what exactly is gonna happen because it's not as predictable as it has been in the you know, at times. Yeah. And yeah. so, you know, you get that excitement of, oh my god, what's gonna happen? So Yeah, they're not gonna kill Wolverine, you know what I mean? Unless it's the one where they kill Wolverine, but right. <laughs> um, but you're like, oh, how's they're how are they gonna solve this? Right. How are they gonna get out of this? Yeah, that's a really cool feeling to have. 
Unfortunately, and, and this does this, the, the two pieces of this match together because I have been doing so much stuff at school, I have not been logging in as much. And, um, my guild has a policy that if you are, don't log into your characters for over a month, um, they kick you out and you can just go, Whoa. Hey, yeah, you can just go, Hey guys, uh, I got kicked out of the guild cause I was gone for a while. Can you invite me back? And they're like, sure. Come on in. But I just kind of thought, and, and it wasn't that I hadn't logged in the game in a month. It's just, I've been doing some stuff on world of Warcraft classic, which is amazing mm-hmm. and fun. Um, so now I've got to, I've just got to find a new guild because I feel like I, I wasn't upset when it happened. <laughs> so obviously yeah. I was not like, I'm not like, I don't want to go back and go, Hey guys, I'm back because I don't feel, I don't feel a sense of community there. So if there's anybody listening who knows of a good guild on the dollar on server, um, hit me up because I, I need my characters need a new home. I'm on horde side, but I do have Alliance characters too. So just hit me up. Is this a big is this a big deal switching guilds? Is that like a major thing? Or? It's not as big as it used to be. Like, I mean, and this is with World of Warcraft Classic, it's the way the um game was when it first launched. And back then it was a really big deal because uh, people were on their best behavior because you were divided up by your server. And if you got a bad reputation on your server, people wouldn't group up with you. People wouldn't take you on their, in their guild. So you had to like leave on good terms and make sure that everything was kosher. If you were going to switch a guild. Now it's kind of like you walk in and five guilds are like, Hey, come join our guild. But <laughs> you don't want to join those because those are the, I mean, that's what I've been doing for the last several years, just so I'm in a guild. Cause you get certain perks for being in a guild, but I'm not relating yeah. to anybody. And I'm really kind of over that. And so I kind of want to have, I've got, I've got very little time to get back into, to it because um, I would like to at the end of October go to BlizzCon and be excited to meet guild members. And I know that those relationships aren't going to build in a month, mm-hmm. but I still want the option to do that. So I am looking for a good guild, a small guild. I don't want a huge guild because mm-hmm. that's the problem with this last one. It was so big that it's like I didn't feel like I I was a number in the in the cogs. It was yeah. a cog in the machine. Cog, so cog, yeah, yeah. So that's that's it. Just not a lot of lot of theater, a little bit of gaming, <coughs> um, lots of merge dragons when I'm going to bed because it's an addictive game and <laughs> on my iPad. So there you go. All right. So that's our geeky geekery. Um, we got it done in 15 minutes. I think that's kind of impressive for us. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna jump out for a commercial break and then we're gonna come back and talk about the joker or not joker not the joker just joker and um yeah yeah (laughs) we'll be back hello friends this is troidal power inviting you to join me over on twitch most weeknights sometime after dinner video games have always been a social hobby for me with friends and family crammed together on a couch chatting away while someone holds the controller and thanks to the power of the internet i've got my own virtual couch over on twitch where you can kick back and goof off while i play games Find me on Twitch by searching Troidal Power, that's T-R-O-Y-T-L-E Power, to snag a spot on the couch. Hey geeks, this is Capsule J. I'm a streamer on the Geek2Geek Media Network. If you like discovering new games and chatting with cool nerdy folks, be sure to check out my channel on Twitch. You can find it at twitch.tv slash Capsule J. That's C-A-P-S-U-L-E-J-A-Y. 
I stream a blend of indies, retro games, and RPGs most Tuesday nights from 8pm to 11pm Eastern, and occasionally on Thursdays and weekends. Hope to see you then! I'm Void. And I'm Beach. And together, we're the geek to geek podcast. Well, we make it. It is kind of us, but I guess it's separate. Every week, we pick a topic from geek or digital culture and chat about it for a while. And you're invited. We talk about books and movies, games, comics, the internet. Or really whatever we feel like. Yeah, that too. So look for the geek to geek podcast on iTunes. Or wherever your podcasts are sold. Or downloaded. Or whatever. Hello, I'm Katie. And I'm Chelsea. And together we are Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea, a podcast all about pop culture. We talk about books, movies, music, basically anything we want at this point. Yes, we obsess about K-pop. And Keanu Reeves. And sometimes Katie cries on the podcast. Hey, that's rude. But really, we are just here to talk about all the things that we love. So make sure to head over to teatimewithkc.com and geek2geekmedia.com to check us out. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to our show wherever you download your podcasts. Bye. And we're back. And we're talking today about Joker. Joe, do you remember when like a year ago we we're like, they're making a Joker movie? They're not going to make that. <laughs> like, why would you a jo- just a movie, just the Joker, Joaquin Phoenix? What? Like, and then like it became a thing. Like well, and it was a thing. It was a thing. And I, I, I had very hard time going into this without preconceived notions. And I tried really hard, but it was very difficult. Same. Because Same. the big controversy was, is that there was a fear that basically they would glorify the Joker, not even as an anti-hero, but as like this hero to the, underserved quote unquote underserved. Cause I don't think they are. Um, but specifically, I guess the incels. Yeah. Um, Todd Phillips directed this. Uh, Todd Phillips has not previously made a, a dramatic, serious dramatic movie before. Um, Todd Phillips is known for the hangover and old school uh, and due date and road trip. So like, you know, he's a comedy director and, um, he's, you know, I'm all for filmmakers saying, Hey, I want to try something different. I want to stretch myself. You know, when Jim Carrey said, I want to be a dramatic actor, I was like, dope. I want to see Jim Carrey try this, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but then Todd Phillips started talking (laughs) and, seriously like he he just when when the writer and direct or not the writer but when the director comes out and says you know i yeah i got out of comedy because you know pc culture has ruined it and you can't even be fun you're not even allowed to be funny anymore make jokes and i'm just like oh no like (laughs) like everyone that has been saying hey keep an open mind give it a chance it's just a movie let's see what it is first like he's basically like just completely canceling all of that out yeah with his comments because he is proving the mindset and the point of this movie you know so that for me i was with you like i try to keep an open mind 
but that he made it really difficult. And then I realized, oh shit, like, okay, literally this is the point of this movie. Like this is what Mm -hmm. they're trying to do is to present, you know, this character who should not be a sympathetic character as a, you know, a, a protagonist, a sympathetic protagonist. So yeah. So this movie's all sorts of problematic, like big problems. <laughs> but at the same time, and again, if he hadn't opened his mouth, I would have a better feeling about trying to defend it because I don't know that I, cause I was looking, I was really looking I was really looking, Ray, for stuff that I could point to that would be like, this is glorifying and sending the wrong message. And there was a few little things here and there, but nothing that I was like, there it is. There's the big alarm. That's that's I can point to this right here and go, there's a bad, bad, <laughs> stranger danger, bad. <laughs> um, but I didn't, I didn't feel like, I didn't feel like it was that, blatant i felt like if it didn't have his comments associated with it it really i don't know how much it really because i never really sympathized with the guy and then i don't know if that's i never sympathized with him because i was you know pre i was warmed up to be opposed to it right or you know what i mean like it was it's it's very problematic because and not just because of the movie, but because of the the preloading at the be- you know what was preloaded before we even went in. Yeah, yeah. Or maybe it's you know just bad filmmaking, and you're supposed to sympathize with your protagonist at some point, and if you don't, then you know that's usually a problem, right? Like, I mean, he talked a lot about influences to this movie, and um. I'm going to get into that because that was some of the bad I felt like. Um, But overall, here's the thing, right? We're going to get into the good and the bad and stuff. Uh, I have have a, a short list for each, but my main takeaway, honestly, like as I was, as the movie was winding down and I'm sitting there as a massive comic book fan and a massive fan of movies and also, you know, specifically comic book movies, what I was feeling as I was watching this movie end was, wow, this is a real missed opportunity because, mm-hmm. because this character is, is just not as interesting without Batman. Okay. Can I just, I, I'm going to jump ahead. Can I just really quickly <laughs> jump ahead? Go can ahead. I just jump ahead? Go ahead. Cause okay. A little bit of Joe Ridge coming. If you're going to say that, the show is sans Batman that I don't want to see a fucking Wayne in the movie. And I certainly don't need to see the 10th time that the Waynes are murdered outside of a movie theater. Like, Oh my God, Ray. Yeah. Oh my God. It goes to the movie where I'm like, no, Oh God, no, they're not going to. And there it goes. And I'm like, when it wasn't even a good one, like yeah. there have been far better Wayne deaths than this movie. <laughs> like, uh, seriously? Hey guys, we don't need this. Spoilers. We're going to spoil the Joker movie. Okay. So if you're listening to this, <laughs> <laughs> spoiler cast, you know how we do. You know how we do on Geek to Tech. <laughs> um, yeah. You know what I thought? I thought, um, oh, that's where they got their funding. That's where they got their money. They said, okay, fine. We will include the, you know, the death of the Waynes for the trillionth time 
you know, and Warner Brothers, DC Warner Brothers was like, okay, good. Okay. Then this is, you know, then we can do this. This, this will sell this, this will connect to, you know, what we're trying to connect it to. Um, yeah, I, I, but that's the thing though, Joe, it's like, so then what's the point then? What is, what is the point of, of doing that scene? What is the point of telling this Joker story? What is the point of this movie? Like what? And, and I feel like it was absolutely as advertised. I mean, it is absolutely a sympathetic portrayal of a violent white guy. <laughs> like that's like a, a violent and, and, you know, you can, you can point to the, to the mental illness aspect, which I want to talk about because I think it's really, I think it's, it's, it's a really, um, I don't even want to say wrong. It's just a fucked up thing to do. It's an inappropriate, to, it's an inappropriate uh, representation of mental illness. Yeah. It's an irresponsible, it's an irresponsible representation of mental illness. It's just fucked up, man. Yeah. Like what, you know, there are, hello, like people with mental illness, like, fucking live and breathe and work and exist, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and, and it's, you can't just uh, awareness for awareness sake is not it. Like, you know, you, what kind of awareness are you bringing when you're like, Oh, well this psychotic murdering madman, you know, but in mental illness though. So, you know, and it's like, no, this is not how you want to present that. I, this is not how you want to, you know, uh, 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 bring that representation. <laughs> you know what right. I mean? Well, and I was thinking about that because that was one of the things that going through my head. I'm like, I've got an issue with the way they're they're treating him as somebody with mental illness, and they're claiming that this mental illness is one of the root causes of his behavior. Right, right. He was abused as a child, and yeah. So I'm know, like. I'm 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 trying to think. I'm like, how do you portray? Because I mean, um, uh, how do you portray the Joker's origin story without talking about mental illness? And I'm like, this should have been presented as a Commissioner Gordon type character investigating a serial killer. Oh, like, like it should. Like well, even um, I'm thinking a little bit more like Mind Hunter or Fall or The Fall, where you kind of see the um, the psychology behind it because yeah. there there is there is mental illness involved. I am sure in serial killer profiling, yeah, for sure. But but it's not generic. <laughs> mental health issues. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the character is like the mental health is not necessarily caused by trauma. It's there's something, you know, there's something different there that's causing the behavior. You're and, saying like there's a chemical like imbalance or aspect to it. Like, well, I don't, it may not even like, I don't know that they've, they've decided, Oh, this is what causes serial right. killers, but it's, it's less than, Oh, this is something you can take drugs for. You know, it's, it's right. something that is set apart from, from just everyday mental <laughs> illness that other people suffer from. Um, and I think that would have been a more, and I'm, I don't feel like I'm explaining it well, but I do feel like that, would be a better yeah. approach as opposed to kind of just lumping mental illness altogether and saying, you know, it just takes certain circumstances and anybody with um, mental illness of some sort can go this route. Yeah. You know, I saw 
another thing that, and look, I, I, there's a reason why I wanted to start with kind of my overall thing, because I think, you know, if you're for, for the people that don't want this movie to be, uh, evaluated on these terms, <laughs> you know, it's right. like one too bad. <laughs> And two, just apart from like all of this stuff that I, you know, that we kind of feel that this movie is problematic for this and this and this reason, like it wasn't like a great movie, you know, Mm -hmm. like I feel like it was a missed opportunity to tell the story about this character. I feel like you could have, this is, to me, it's like somebody took a, a really good Batman Joker movie. Mm hmm edited out all the Batman parts, all the superhero parts, kept the supervillain parts, Mm -hmm. which would probably like, you know, if it's something in the dark night, all the Joker parts would maybe add up to like 40 minutes maybe. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And then filled out that 40 minutes to a two hour movie. And it's just not as interesting without Batman there. Like, it's just, you know, like, I I don't know, like, like, and, and Joker's cool, but part of the reasons the supervillains are so cool and interesting is because they're a counterpoint to the hero of our story, Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. of of the main, the main character. It's like giving Hulk his own movie. It just, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's the character is not as effective as when he's bouncing off of his counterpoint. Yeah. And, and, and so, and if they had some of the things that I liked about this movie, if they had, if those things had been present in a Joker Batman movie, I would have been like, dude, this is rad, like great. But the problem with focusing on the Joker and building out that 40 minutes to a two hour movie is you end up with shitty character choices and shitty story choices. And you end up falling back on these really basic generic, you know, uh, tropes and, and devices that just, it just doesn't, it's not as good a story. Yeah. No, I would, there know? were plenty of times where I'm like, I, I, <laughs> again, spoilers. Um, I was ready for his mom to die in the first scene. I was yeah. like, can we just God. get rid of her? <laughs> cause it's not, cause there were a lot of points in this movie where I was uncomfortable, but it wasn't because it wasn't good. Uncomfortable because you can do yeah. un- good. Uncomfortable seven did good. Uncomfortable where you're like, yeah. like I, tense. I remember at the end of seven, like the credits Spoilers for seven. Yeah. Well, I'm not, I'm not even going to say, say what happens. I just took oh, okay. the audience reaction. Um, the end of seven, the credits start rolling. Nobody moves. Nobody makes a sound. The, the, the credits finish. Nobody moves. Nobody makes a sound. Only once the lights came up, did people start looking around going, oh, yeah, I guess I probably should go now. Um, I remember seeing it with a friend and I just was like, what the fuck did we just watch? Like, and it was this, it was this, like you were like disturbed and you were unsettled. But there was a like it was cool. Like you were like, I have never had this reaction to a movie. So there's a good there's a way you can do good unsettled. A lot of yeah. um, was it heredit- hereditary or heredity? Did, did you know that Andrew Kevin Walker wrote Seven while he was working at Tower Records, and he would just like work on it every night after work, like for like a year. having worked in a service in several service positions i can understand now why seven is what it is 
anyway, um, yeah. I, I just I, hear the emperor saying, focus your anger. <laughs> Good. Good. <laughs> um, so, so, yeah, I mean, my point is, is you can do uncomfortable well. And this didn't do uncomfortable well. This was like, it was, it was kind of like disappointed uncomfortableness. It's like, oh God, don't make me sit through this. <laughs> yeah, totally. I mean, you know, here's the thing. I'm going to, I'm going to move on to the good. Um, Todd Phillips, despite, you know, being a fucking asshole from all accounts, you know, <laughs> um, he, he's a competent filmmaker. Mm-hmm. Like he knows how to set up a shot. Like he knows how to, you know, edit you know what i mean like he 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 knows how to do these things and so i thought that this was competent filmmaking in terms of like um some of the shot selections i think were were really nicely done some of the the way the the scenes kind of progressed and kind of like uh um unfolded were well done the the cinematography is beautiful i thought this movie looked great oh yeah it's a visually stunning movie yes absolutely and and the times that I thought it was visual, visually stunning when I was able to kind of like admire that were the times where he wasn't doing the obvious thing. And that happened so much that it started to take me out of the movie. And that's one of the bad things. But the last thing I'll say that I liked about this movie, I liked the third act. What I liked about the third act was that it was the payoff. Mm-hmm. And like you said, we sat through all this discomfort and like, not even interesting new discomfort, no. like, you know, in, innovative discomfort. It was like, oh, yeah, I know this scene. I know this part, you know, because we've seen this done a million times. And and I think Todd Phillips, coming from a comedy background, is thinking that he's doing really edgy new material. And it's like, no, bro, we have Taxi Driver. Like, Taxi Driver exists. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that was made fucking almost 40 years ago, you know? So, like... Or like thirty years ago. So yeah, I was like, dude, that's made. In, I'm like, I, I didn't see that when I was two. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> that, no, like thirty. That was made thirty years ago, and you know that that was way more nuanced in its storytelling, and it was real gritty, not fake gritty, and it was felt really dangerous, not fake dangerous. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but it just seemed like he was like. <sighs> Anyway, I, this was all starting to <laughs> trying to say that I actually liked the third act um, because there were a couple of moments in the third act where I was like, I don't know where this scene is going. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know how this is going to play out. And you know how we were talking about with like, you know, uh, 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 World of Warcraft and what you're playing, and you're like kind of being in that storytelling moment where you're like, okay, you know, like I've been in this situation or, or, or I've, I've, I've lived with these characters. Um, you know, I more or less know what to expect, but Ooh, I'm interested because I don't know where this scene, how it's going to resolve. Mm-hmm. And I liked that. And that's when I started to feel bummed out. Cause I was like, man, if you could just take those good things about this movie and put it into a Batman movie, that would be great. The- but instead this, the look of Joaquin Phoenix, I thought it was great. Yeah, and I thought, I thought, he did a very, like, I, I thought Joaquin Phoenix did a very good job. I, yeah, I, I he think did. He was he's a, a good actor. Yeah, he's well, he's a weird actor, Ray. <laughs> he's one of those guys uh, that is so method; it's obnoxious. That's redundant. A weird actor. That's kind of redundant. <laughs> <don't you know? laughs> yes, but there's there's <laughs> levels, my friend. There are okay. levels, and he okay. He like he's quirky. He's, he's quirky. Quirky's yeah. being polite. He he's he's one of those. Obnoxious. He's also rich. 
So, you know. <laughs> He's one of those people that um, Ian McKellen would look at and go, it's called acting for a reason. <laughs> right. You know who else is fucking weird? Tom Cruise. So, you know, true. I mean. It's true. And not nearly, <laughs> and not nearly as talented. <laughs> right. Right. So, you know, yeah, that's true. I mean, he is out there. Um, but he's a good actor. I mean, he's he's not just walking around as the Joker in interviews and shit. Although maybe he is. But, you know, he's also doing other roles. Like, he's he's, I think, you know, a lot of the stuff is performative and he wants to get into it, which makes sense. That's fine. Um, but I just thought, like, the whole, like you know, bad 70s suit, you know, grease paint or 80s, but, you know, grease paint kind of really lo-fi Joker. I really liked it. I, I wasn't down with the look at first. And by the end of the movie, I was like, damn, that that looks like he looks great sitting on that set of that television show talking and he's creepy as fuck. Mm-hmm. And he's he's trying to act normal and we're seeing the cracks and the people around him think that's a thing to make fun of him for. But we, the audience, are like, oh, no, this dude is fucking insane. That really violent scene I thought was really well done. That was one of the only times I was like, it, I don't I didn't even know what the emotion is. I was like, OK, in, this- in his apartment, right? Yeah, yeah. And yeah, and it's it's. Like people laughed when the the one guy tried to get out, and I yeah. I get that because you're you've gone so long without relief. Yes, that, yeah, that there was a laugh. very nervous laughter that went through. Um, yeah, which is awesome. Yeah, that to, to me that's a sign of like yeah your your screws are being turned right now as an audience, you know, and you're looking for some sort of relief. Yeah, and that and I mean I think that was probably the best scene in, in the entire movie because it was it was I think I think it was very specific to the character of Joker. I agree. And I agree. and the whole movie should have been that. Yes, that's what I'm saying. But you know what, Joe? The whole movie can't be that. And that's why you have Batman. (laughs) (laughs) Like, that's why this character was created as a counterpoint to another character. And you're going to run into problems when you try to base an entire movie out of this character. Because that's not what he was created for. You know, I think the reason why up until this point, Heath Ledger's take on this character has been, you know, the, the most widely praised is because he just exists. Mm-hmm. He just, mm-hmm. he, he's just a thing because they, they said, you know what? Joker is a counterpoint and, and his existence is a reaction to Batman. And we're not going to ask him to be anything more than that. Mm-hmm. And that's when the character is the most potent, you know, um, Joaquin Phoenix, you know, and Todd Phillips, they found, some of that stuff in this movie, in this portrayal, but it's just, it's never going to be enough, man. Mm-hmm. You know, it's never, it's never going to. And that's why I thought this was a missed opportunity. Cause I'm like, I would have loved to have seen Joaquin's this take by Joaquin on the joke, uh, on the, this character in a Batman movie. I would have loved to have seen. Well, that. the rumors do do the rumor is, is he's going up against uh, Robert Pattinson's Batman. That would be great. That doesn't make sense, story wise, timeline wise. But well, I mean, are they would, there? Be, are the, the age difference is there. I, it, Bruce is like what a ten year old in this Probably. movie. 
So he's Joker's what? Are they saying that this Joker is in his twenties? No, this Joker's got to be in his thirties or forties. Because isn't that how? Yeah. Yeah. So you know, if Batman is, if 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 Batman's thirty, if Robert Pattinson's uh, Batman is twenty eight thirty, that's Joker's going to be what in his fifties, sixties. It's such a choice. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's a choice. Yeah. Just hide his cough medicine and he'll laugh himself to death. I mean, <laughs> uh, like, I just, this is what I'm talking about, man. Like, why, you know, why did you have to go full edgelord with this fucking take on Joker when he, he could have been in service of the main character of these stories, which is what this character should be. Um, but this is what happens, right? Like, like to me, I'm watching... I'm watching comic book movies go through at an accelerated pace, go through the lifespan of like published comic books. Like remember in the nineties or remember in the late eighties when Watchmen and the dark Knight returns came out and they were great, great stories. But the lessons that the comic book industry took from that is let's be dark and gritty because dark and gritty equals good. And then we got the nineties <laughs> based off of that. Right. And I feel like that's what we're seeing play out, you know, in, in the comic book movies now where the Dark Knight came out and, you know, we got that version of the Joker and everyone's like, wow, that's amazing. Let's get a hundred percent of that. And it's like, no, you're taking the wrong lessons mm-hmm. here, you know, and, and that's what we're doing. And I think that they're, they're make the worst parts of this movie for me are just that or they, they think they're really doing something new and innovative here. And it, it just felt like it felt like a 14 year old's version of what they would consider a shocking and edgy movie. And it's like, you know, Lars von Trier exists, <laughs> you know, you can, you can go watch antichrist. You can go watch, you know what I mean? Like, no dude, guys, Dude, bros, like this is not, this is not edgy or like sick. Like, oh, look at how, you know, he does this thing with his body and like, oh, he's, you, you, it's just no, like it's, <laughs> you got to bring more than that. Yeah, well, and that's why, like, I, I can't remember. I know I've mentioned it, but have you seen The Fall with Gillian Anderson and the dude from uh, Fifty Shades of Grey? No, it's a really good TV series really good especially the first season and the whole thing is is jillian anderson's um uh, a high profile investigator and she's brought in on a case because um they think that there's a serial killer and then you see um and i need to get the guy's name because he's actually a much better actor than 50 shades of gray would suggest um not that i've seen that i'm doing that completely off of people's reviews um but the whole point of it is that unlike a lot of serial killer storylines, you see both sides. So you see the cop investigating him, but you also see him when he's not serial killering, you know, he's, um, yeah. And it's, uh, you, you see him have a, a family life and how he struggles with not being this guy. Mm-hmm. Around like his daughter, who he absolutely loves, uh, Jamie Dornan is the guy's name, and mm. and I'm like, you could have had a, you could have kept a lot of this stuff, like the mom, which I was 
would have preferred you not to, but you can keep the mom, <laughs> you can keep the job, you can keep the social worker, you can keep all this stuff, but then you have to intersperse it with him already being batshit crazy. Like, not, not just mentally ill that is waiting to be pushed over the edge. If this is supposed to be the Joker, right. the Joker has and always will be a psychotic killer. Like he's a serial killer. Like he, yes. he is a a sociopath with no um, ability to understand the difference between right and wrong. It's just his reality. But you know why they didn't intersperse it with those things? Because then it wouldn't be as and, and and from the very and beginning when this thing was was announced, you and I have been saying the Joker should never be portrayed as sympathetic. Right. And instead, what is the thesis of this film? Is this. What do you get when you cross a mentally ill loner with a society that abandons him and treats him like trash? And this movie's answer, you get what you deserve. Like... This movie is an angry white mm-hmm, dude, mm-hmm. <laughs> like because it's made by an angry yeah. white dude. You know what I mean? Like that's what this movie is, and and there's no having watched the movie, like you know, it's that's why I say it is absolutely as advertised. It is what all these think pieces were worried about, right? That's exactly what this movie is, and we can talk about how irresponsible that is and blah blah. But it's like it's also it's just a fucking bummer. It's just like no, I don't want to like i know that guy i'm not interested in that guy's perspective Mm -hmm. you know what i mean because that guy's a fucking asshole and he's fucking dangerous and uninteresting which is like that's a really bad trifecta right there (laughs) you know um and so yeah that like that's what we got and it just sucks that you take this cool character and like this is what you it's like an excuse to make this point and i think we're really just seeing this point of view bleed through into our pop culture because it's, it's coming from everywhere now, you know, it's just a lot of angry ass dudes out there that feel put upon. And now we get to see the ultimate, you know, put upon angry, put upon dude movie. And they use the Joker. Um, but you know, it's Todd Phillips is not Mm -hmm, Martin Scorsese. mm -hmm. (laughs) You know what I mean? And, and when you watch taxi driver, you know, and he's so deft with his storytelling and filmmaking, man, like, and I know Martin Scorsese was just in the news because he shit on Marvel movies and blah, blah, whatever. He's an old man. He's supposed to shit on, (laughs) you know, like these movies are not for him. Get off my lawn. Yes, hundred percent, hundred percent. But you know, you watch Taxi Driver, and Scorsese starts to build Travis Bickle as the sympathetic character on purpose. He knows what he's doing, and then he forces the audience. He like turns on the audience. He because because he knows the audience morally. Once they realize who Travis is, they don't want to be on his side, and so he uses mm-hmm. that. You know what I mean? Like. It's, it's, it's really like, well, God, it's really well. I just watched it recently. It's again, it's so well done. And instead, Todd Phillips is going, Hey everyone, let's root for the psychotic madman. Like, let's like, there's no turn. You know what I mean? On on the audience, there's no turn, you know, it's telegraphed from the first scene. And it's just like, no dude, like, 
again, I keep going back to, it's just uninteresting, which is probably the worst thing, (laughs) you know, all the, all the anti-social justice stuff aside, it's just, it's just not that interesting, dude. Like it's, it's just a guy on the internet who's not as smart as he thinks he is, not as interesting as he thinks he is. And, you know, he doesn't understand why no one wants to fucking listen to him anymore. And, yeah, and there have been a lot of tweets like, about finally a movie for us. And it's like, Oh God. Oh God. Oh God. Yeah. The thing. Okay. The thing that, that gets me, Joe, is that um, aside from that, right. Aside from those people who are going to love this movie, there's, and I, and I kind of experienced this in, in watching it uh, uh, yesterday. Um, there are people who haven't seen taxi Driver who don't know those movies, who don't, you know, are, aren't as, um, I don't know, like, like as, as knowledgeable movie fans, you know? Um, and because they don't have that context, they do think this movie is edgy and, and brilliant, you know? And it's like, I mean, I don't want to like the person that I saw this movie with yesterday, she's, you know, um, I would not say she's the biggest, like, movie fan or she's not like as you know knowledgeable someone who's like you know has i mean dude i love movies and i watch them all the time and all the time i'm like wow i don't know shit like there is so much out there there is so much storytelling out there you know what i mean um but you know when i was like hey i'm gonna go watch the joker movie do you want to go with me and she was like um and again these you know this is who's watching these movies she was like oh yeah um, I love Heath Ledger. Like, I want to go see the Joker movie. And I was like, oh, okay. So he portrayed the, this character, you know, mo- famously uh, a few years ago, but this is a new take. And she was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Like, you know, she's like, well, King Phoenix is a great actor. I want to go see this. So, you know, she's, right, she's right, not right. a geekitude listener. You know what I mean? Like, although, although shout out, <laughs> what's up, Jackie? Um, but, um, but no, like it's, and, and that was really a cool actually like part of my experience of watching this movie that like, you know, oh, okay. So I'm watching it through the eyes of like a huge comic book fan, uh, you know, uh, an avid superhero movie watcher. And I'm looking at through that lens, but it was really helpful and informative and interesting to also watch this movie right. being watched through a different lens, you know? And she's like, wow, she loved it. She's like, this is a great movie. That was a great performance. Um, you know, it said a lot of important things. And we had sort of like the, this a conversation about mental illness after. Um, one of the things I was, I said was like, you know, oh, I, it, it's true. She, she's like, you know, one of the things she said was, I'm so glad that mental illness is like in the conversation. And yes. we touched on that. Yes. Absolutely. hundred percent. But you know, I wish it wasn't through the portrayal of this, like, because Joker is a psychotic murderer. There, there is, like, he is a murderous mental illness villain. involved, but it is not. Ge- I, I feel like it was kind of thrown out there as generic mental illness. There was there was an irresponsible yeah, like yeah. we just had a, an assembly this week on on not mental illness specifically like what it is and, and different forms of it, but specifically on how to deal and respond with mental illness. And, and it was mm. talking about how we kind of just lump it all together as a problem. We don't look at the nuance 
nuances between it. We don't think of it as we, we think of it as Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh is depression. And that's what depression looks like. That's what depression always looks like. And it's just not mm. true. And so I feel like there was, a, yes, it's awesome that there was discussion about mental illness, but it wasn't done in a responsible way. It just kind of propagated the idea that anybody with mental illness can be pushed to a point where they can yeah. become somebody like the Joker. Right. Right. And, and one of the things that I think was really uh, important and insightful that my friend said about the movie was this, this is something that I wouldn't want my little brother who's like unable to unpack these things to be exposed to or to watch without context, without an explanation. Right. You know what I mean? And, and, and that's, so, I read that and I was like, yes, ab, that's so true. That is so important. Um, but you know, when you put a movie like this out in the world, you no. can't control and, that. And, and that brought me to a thing like, you know, we talk about responsibility of filmmaking. We've talked about it with lots of movies. And, and at some point you have to say, is the, is the, are the creators responsible for the audience? Yeah. And, you know, keep in mind that five years from now, this movie is going to be running on HBO or Showtime, like in the middle of the day, like just like on a Saturday afternoon. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So whoever just has the remote at that moment, can just turn around and just watch it. Um, and I think that, you know, I'm listening to a lot of people right now talk about how it, that, that, res that notion of responsibility is unfair mm -hmm. and is, uh, you know, a bad thing, but I'm on the opposite fence of that <laughs> or, or the, uh, the opposite end of, of that argument. I think it's a, not only am I fine with, with this idea of like, have you know, being responsible and, and having that in your mind as you're making art, but, um, I, I would say it's, it's a really good thing. I think it's a pendulum swing that is necessary and important. We have for far too long, we have made stuff without any care in the world of what its impact is going to be or whatever. It's been the artist. And I'm saying this as an artist, you know, <laughs> like um, the artist has had ultimate power and to just make whatever they want and just put it out there for the sake of art, because it's art, you know, don't question it. Don't whatever. Um, it, we've had enough of that. <laughs> it's, 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 it's time for the other end of, of things, which is ultimate responsibility. And, you know, because people are saying, oh, everyone is so sensitive nowadays. No, like you pointed out, Joe, you're just hearing other voices now, thanks to technology that we right. never heard before. Right. But they were there. Those voices were there. People were, you know, offended and upset about this shit. But it's just that they didn't have a microphone. And now, thanks to social media, everyone has a microphone. For better or worse, everyone is able to speak up and say something and be heard. And right now, I think it's for the better because mm -hmm. it's a process. You know, it, where we're at right now with everyone having a voice is not where we're going to stay forever. This is evolving. It's always evolving. So um, I think it's a good evolution. And I'm fine with, as an artist, like, you know, I know. I have to know. I have to be aware of the fact that the world is a smaller place. Society is much smaller now. It's connected. So I can put something out and I know that what somebody on the other side of the world is thinking, you know, I can appropriate, I could appropriate from a culture and people of that culture where before didn't have 
uh, uh, the ability to speak up and be like, mm-hmm. hey, what the fuck, man? Now they have the ability to do that. And now that serves as a learning moment for me as an artist and go, oh, shit, I appropriated that if I wanted to. Or I could be like, oh, everyone's so fucking sensitive now. You fucking suck. You can't do anything. Mm-hmm, what mm-hmm. The fuck? Like, you know what I mean? It's like, no, I can actually be like, oh, shit, that's a, OK. Well, now, guess what? As an artist, I take that as like a challenge. Like, shit, I need to be more creative. I need to learn to, you know what I mean? Like, I I, I, I want to take this opportunity to, to try and develop my creative skills so that I'm not relying on punching down or appropriating someone's culture or, you know, misrepresenting, you know, people with mental right. well, illness and, and, and that's, that sort of It's thing. funny because I had a conversation, I've been talking to a, a colleague of mine pretty regularly, Lorelai, and um, we, we are both exceedingly liberal, very, 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 very liberal. And, um, and we will, we will, we'll check each other. <laughs> we'll be like, this is what I'm feeling. Um, <laughs> I am worried that I am falling into the same thing we complain about with the ultra conservatives. And are we mm. just, you know, are we just pushing our own agenda and not looking at the, the other side of the conversation? And what we, and again, maybe this is us self deluding ourselves, but I feel like, Asking that question at all is what kind of sets that in a different direction, if that makes sense. Like, like we're trying yeah, to be absolutely. conscious of how we are reacting to things and how we are approaching things and how we're forming opinions of things. And I don't think everybody does that. And I'm not patting myself on the back for that. I'm just saying um, – you have to remember that like I had to do that with this movie a lot. I had to sit there and go, am I just taking what I heard from reviews and the, 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 the preconceived, like the same thing happened when I was in grade school and parents told my mom that they, I sh- we shouldn't be watching the Simpsons because it was inappropriate. And my mom, without ever looking at the show, decided it was inappropriate. So I'm like I'm like I'm I'm tr- trying to look at this movie from the same direction. Am I doing the same thing to this movie? And that's the reason why I decided to go see it because I was really worried about giving money to something that has this kind of inherent message to it. Yeah. And it is that. It's undeniable. That is the inherent Yeah. Absolutely. And and, and unfortunately it's yeah. it's I don't know, like you said, not enough people are going to look at this movie and have that self-reflection of is is this is this really the message that should be out there? You know, they're not going to dissect it the way we do on this show. And you know, we you and I are like lifelong devotees Mm -hmm. to like storytelling and you know our lives are about storytelling you know as artists as performers as you know writers whatever um but there are a lot of people out there Mm -hmm. that movies are just movies you know stories are you know or or, i mean if i wanted to really get on my soapbox i would say stories are impacting their lives to a great degree they just don't realize it but for some but for some people 
you know, it's just a movie. You know what I mean? And because that's what movies are to them, just movies. They don't really watch a lot of movies. They don't really sit and pay attention to the movies when it's on. It's just kind of like a, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. a background thing. You know what I mean? And and I think that um, that that also kind of ties into what you're saying about like, you know, people are are not going. They're gonna they're gonna say, well, this is entertainment, mm-hmm. so what's the big deal? Because um, I've heard that argument recently, and you know, I'm screaming at the podcast saying, "You idiot!" You know, <laughs> like it is it is a big deal. Like this is what do you think you're doing right now? You're on a podcast, you know, like you're <laughs> you're contributing to this storytelling culture, you know, like it, of of these things have impact. Um, and and they're also a you know, I, I heard something really interesting about horror movies a, a while back, mm-hmm. Joe, long time ago. I heard someone talk about how the 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 threats in horror movies are reflective of society's like greater existential like fear at at a given at that yeah. moment. No, I've heard that time. So like, you know, which is great because like you know the the slasher movies mm-hmm. were there for a reason. The idea that you know you couldn't even escape it in your dreams was there for a reason. You know the the home invasion movies, the alien movies. You know like. A, the fifties, you know, uh, a war of the world stuff, you know, was about, you know, being fear of communism and blah, blah. And, um, I think that this, Mm -hmm. you know, this movie exists for a reason, (laughs) you know? Uh, but it's like, to me, it's like, you know, one of the most fucked up parts of our society now, like having a movie that represents it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm worried. I'm worried that it's going to get accolades at the, the, awards festivals and it's already starting in that direction. And I don't want it to be legitimized yeah. that way, but I, I, I don't think we have much control over that. Yeah. And you know, like I said, it's competent mm-hmm. filmmaking. So, you know, like if it gets a, if it gets an award for cinematography, I'm kind of like, yeah, yeah best actor would not be, I would not be, I just, I wish this wasn't the first movie to get a, a best actor nod. You know what I mean? Right, right. I mean, he's he's good. I feel like he elevates kind of you know basic writing with with a few bright spots, and he really Joaquin really takes advantage of that and like elevates it. He brings a lot, like you said, of himself to it. You know, which I don't know. <laughs> take that how you will. But um, uh, you, even like Robert De Niro, like at the start of the movie, yeah. I was like, why is he in this? Because I'm like, Robert De Niro has to know, you know, and then. Yeah, I don't. I, I have find myself wondering that about a lot of the actors. In yeah, this it really movie. does. It's got a great really cast, does. dude. It yeah, it's like Zazie Beats. I knew she plays Sophie, the 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 single mom that he's into, and um, you know, I I I knew right away. It's like okay, this is not right. Evil. Right, <laughs> like like were you like were you following me today you know and then cut to like hey like let's flirt i'm like yeah no, no that's no. not and, how that and i loved i loved her reaction when he just shows up in her room because it establishes that she yeah. is you know it breaks it breaks that illusion but what we were talking cuz yeah. cuz one of the things Part- Matt and i talked about on our way home because i had i had unfortunately complained to him about my concerns before i wish i hadn't so i could have gotten a more clear yeah, oh, yeah, it was yes, not a dude. good choice on yes. my part, but um, but he was looking for that stuff too, and I got to say because I didn't know how deep I knew the incel was like a concern, but I didn't know how deep down 4chan it was going to go, and um, 
<laughs> and so we were like when the when the kids at the beginning were all non-white I was like, oh, damn, this is not good. But I thought that that was the only time, like, that, like, I don't think there was a racist component to this. You do? Oh, I think there was. Yeah, and and it's something that, because <laughs> I'm like, okay, what are they thinking? What are they going to say? They're going to say, hey, we have a very yeah. diverse cast, mm-hmm. right? There's a lot of black people in this movie, right? But then, well, I mean, you know, relatively for like what a movie like mm-hmm. this would normally cast, right? Um, but then you look at like who's playing what roles and you're like, okay, like, you know, the kids that beat him up in the beginning are, you know, of color. Uh, the woman on the bus that berates him, you know, for, for no reason, really, you know, which is, I think, a, a point <laughs> that that interaction was making. Um a woman of color, uh, his social worker, a woman of color, his therapist, a woman of color, the woman that he, you know, sexualizes and is fantasizing about a woman of color. I'm like, well, but here's, here's my, here's my counter to that. And, and maybe I'm just misreading it because of privilege, but I felt like the people who were definitely like labeled as the bad guys in this were, mostly white rich people. And and so yeah, and and I yeah, felt like sure. you know even though the social worker like was one of his another one of his triggers like she was kind of a victim in the situation and Sophie was like she could have she could have handled that situation in a completely different way where it contributed to the problem but she was very sympathetic and empathetic um, as as much as you can, if the yeah. person you don't know who lives down the hall is suddenly in your living room, um, you know. I thought, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. The the three witches, three witches rich, white on the top. Like, subway, you look at the right? the people in the movie theater, you know, laughing at um, the Charlie Chaplin movie. All rich white people, um, you know. The the, yeah, the, the yeah. assholes Wayne, at his yeah. work, all you know, almost all white. But I feel like along that, but I feel like the white people were the tipping point. The rich white people mm-hmm. were, were the thing that broke him. But what got him there were all these little, these little interactions Maybe. are what I, got I, him there. Because, because when he, you know, when he kills those three dudes on the subway, I can't remember if he finds out about his mom and, and Thomas Wayne before or after that. But that's clearly the, mm-hmm. the thing that drives mm-hmm. him over the edge. Right. And, and, you know, this movie does, does put forth that he, he and, and Bruce Wayne are brothers. When I saw that, I was like, you're shitting me. Right. But I with the adoption thing, doesn't that kind of clear that that's not actually the case? The very last, the very last, uh, 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 I don't know, point, a uh, uh, part of that whole, mm-hmm. you know, is he, isn't he is at the end of the movie, he looks at a picture of his mom when she was younger and he turns it over and it says with all my love, oh, I missed that. Tom, Thomas Wayne. Yes. So <laughs> that was the, that was the last point in that whole plot, uh, uh, subplot. I, I missed that completely. I think by that time I'd turned off. <laughs> 
Because I was like, is that his mom? I'm like, yeah, it has to be. And then he turns it over and I'm like, so TW, I'm like, oh, fuck. He's saying like, that's his proof. Like, yes. You know, like, okay, now, why would now he give her that? On many different levels just done. Like, like that was, because when it started <laughs> happening, like when it was applied and I was like, I was like, oh no, I'm not, I'm not down for this at all. Like again, again, if you're going to give me a movie that's a Batman movie and advertise it as being without Batman, don't put the fucking Waynes in it. Ugh. Right, right. I mean, people, I, I, I probably would have been pissed off at Tim Burton's Batman movie if I wasn't, you know, 10 years old. I probably would have been pissed off that he made Joker the, the murderer of his parents. And it's like, no, dude, why? That's Joe Chill. Like, why? You know, like, there's no reason to do that. So, you know, mm-hmm. I think, like, this was shades of that. You know, like, okay, so Joker didn't outright kill his parents. But, you know, he kind of incited the riot that killed his parents. And, oh, by the way, they're brothers. Yeah. Batman and Joker are now brothers. <laughs> yeah, that was okay. You just you just nailed, <laughs> nailed Coffin this movie i don't know how i didn't get that uh, how i missed that but i i do think at that point i was like are we done yet are we done yet can i go home now (laughs) which again you know a point made much uh, kind of kind of a same idea put forth in a much smarter and better way by alan moore in the killing Mm -hmm. joke which has its own problems but he, by the end of that story, famous, you know, famously described as one of the best Joker movie uh, stories ever, if not the, um, by the end of that story, he's pointing out that Joker and Batman are two sides of the same coin. They're, they're just a line away from each other, literally by the end of the story, right? They're mirrors, they're mirrors of each other. Um, it's like they're brothers, <laughs> except this they're biological like, brothers. They're brothers. Yeah, no, and, I, and I'm perfectly fine with <laughs> yes, the whole exactly. the whole. We are two sides of the same coin, um, metaphor. Like I get, I get that, and right. I think Which, it works well for those but, two because sometimes some like that that is a big yeah. driving question for the Batman franchise. Does Batman do more harm than good being the Batman? Right. Well, you, you know, and by the way, you know, Killing Joke also has a, a, an origin for the Joker. And uh, guess what? It does not involve mm-hmm. mental illness at all, <laughs> you know, um, unless you want to call, you know, actually being the Joker mental illness, which I get, but it's kind mm-hmm. of like the result, you know? Um, yeah, I was thinking about what you're, what, you, what you're saying there, because the end of the movie, he's incited a riot. Right. Or at least he's, you know, the riot was kind of threatening to bubble over because people were out of nowhere, just like, you know, mad. Um, (laughs) It was was like, it was like while we're watching like Joker's kind of like, you know, evolution throughout the movie, like towards being like just a Mm -hmm. crazy murderous madman. There's like these, these big newspapers just thrown about (laughs) in convenient places going like, you know, is it time to, you know, a protest or you know this is this society's unfair blah blah so then by the end when someone's like oh yeah are you going to the protest you know in clown makeup and he's like what? Yeah. no what are you talking about so it's like already conveniently kind of like set up there right for him to then tip things over with with his mm-hmm. you know murders but um that riot is people being again you know frustrated angry upset you know at this unfair system and so they're right and i'm going like 
uh, like I am somebody that is angry and, you know, upset with this unfair system. And I want to bring this fucking system down, but yeah, not exactly. with those dudes, exactly. <laughs> you know, like, don't like, don't put me with those dudes. But then Joe, by doing that and by those, that riot murdering the, the Waynes and creating Batman. So now Batman becomes like, he's, he's the, the, the reaction. You know what I mean? Now Batman is the reaction, right? Reaction from the establishment. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. He is the, he is the rich white people fighting back, which I mean, you know, that's been a really interesting kind of critique of Batman that I've, that I've seen over really popular on social media the last couple of years is here's Batman. Here's Bruce Wayne, this, this rich white billionaire. And he recognizes that crime in Gotham is a problem. But is he using his wealth? Is he redistributing his wealth to create social, you know, uh, um, services that will address some of the, you know, problems and, and inequalities that are creating crime? No. He puts on a bat suit. He, you know, uses his billions of dollars to make these violent weapons. And he goes out and he just fucking punishes criminals. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Punishes people that are breaking the law. Um, which I thought that was such a brilliant <laughs> deconstruction of Batman. Um, but again, I feel like this movie is just taking that kind of like cool idea and just doing the worst. Yeah, because thing if you it. wanted to make that point, then make that point. But what? But but that's not the yeah. point they're making here, right? Well, at least it's not the point of view yeah, that they're taking. Exactly. So, yeah. <laughs> Oh my um, God. Continue to say that DC doesn't know what the fuck they're doing and needs to stop making movies. Yeah, dude. Fuck. But that's what sucks is because again, they were certain things about justice league that I actually enjoyed. You know, was a, a lot of it was a clusterfuck, but there were things I enjoyed. Suicide squad could have been really great actually. And then I was, wow, what a horrible movie. Uh, and this, here we go again to me, you know, like here we go again. Um, it's just what a cool idea to have bring in Joaquin Phoenix to do this really like lo-fi, you know, unstable version of the Joker. Let's put him in a Batman movie and do that. But instead they do this and it's just like DC, no bad DC. Like you're, you're still not, you know, you're just not quite pulling it off. You're, you're still not getting the point of these characters. Like that's the biggest thing. No, exactly. People making DC exactly. movies don't understand their characters. It's a fundamental misunderstanding of their characters. Yeah, yes, and that, you're right. And, that, and that's, that's, go ahead. I know what you're going to say. Go ahead and say <laughs> that's, it. That's, that's what makes Marvel. Cause it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be a DC podcast with the two of us with us not comparing it to Marvel in some way. It is. The difference is, is that Marvel looks at the characters first and then decides what stories they can tell with them. Um, yeah. It understands them. And even when they make a middling movie at its core, it still understands the characters. Right. Yeah. The characters have a very, they're very defined. They serve a role. The role is understand and from Canon. Um, even if the story's not, even if they take the story and cinematize it, which they have to, because you can't put all this stuff. I mean, even if you had it as a TV series, you couldn't cover the entirety of, of these comic books. Um, but they they fundamentally understand the characters and are true to the spirit of the stories. And DC's just like, how can we make a cool movie? And it it's the cool comes before the 
the story and that doesn't work. Yeah. Instead they get Todd Phillips <laughs> to to make the Joker because he left comedy because woke culture ruined the genre of comedy. Right. Right. And about a second Which is an actual that's like literally what he said. Like Go try to be funny nowadays with this woke culture, Phillips told Vanity Fair. There were articles written about why comedies don't work anymore. I'll tell you why. Because all the fucking funny guys are like, fuck this shit because I don't want to offend you. I disagree because I saw <laughs> I saw um, Booksmart over the, over the summer and I thought it was a lovely comedy and really enjoyed it. So, no, comedy is right. not dead because of PC culture. Right, right. He says, how do he, oh my God, here's another quote real quick. We'll end on this. How do I do something irreverent, but fuck comedy? Oh, I know. Let's take the comic book movie universe and turn it on its head with this. But you're not though, dude. <laughs> like, you're, not, you're not doing anything new. Even with the comic book movie universe, you're not doing anything new. Like we have mystery men. Like, yeah, that is a yeah. weird bananas ass like take on the comic book movie universe. You know what I mean? Right. Like it is bizarre. And there are, oh, anyway, just, yeah, dude, you don't get it. Just go away. Go away. Todd Phillips. Go away. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, have we, have we beaten this one to death? I think we did the fuck out of this podcast, man. I mean, I think part of it was, you know, this was a thing. Joker, wow, like became a national conversation about, you know, all of these things that we talked about, which I thought cool that people are like, you know, upset and want to fucking say some shit. Um, bummed that it's a comic book movie that is, you know, doing, they're using guys like Todd Phillips now are using comic book and comic book movies as their like vehicles for their shitty fucking ideas. But um, and just it should be said that we we had a conversation about this as to whether or not we were going to even go see it or if we were going to pay for another movie and sneak into it because we didn't know <laughs> yeah. we wanted to like we had this conversation but we felt like you know we didn't want to be those people that talked about something without seeing it so yeah yeah once the Vanity Fair article came out I pretty much had no interest in watching this movie um but yeah you know um. I, I, I'm glad I'm, I saw it if just to, you know, be able to be part of the conversation. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. if, if you folks listening come across a, an interesting article or, you know, a, a take that you want to share, please post it in the Slack because I'm still reading a lot about this and I'm still, you know, kind of processing all of this, uh, all of this dialogue around this movie. So mm -hmm. I want to, I want to read more cool, interesting, uh, articles about it. And I also want to throw out there that I I have tried very hard to to use appropriate language when talking about mental illness in this episode, but I know a couple of times I I, I defaulted to crazy. And oh uh, yeah, I, I probably did the same. Yeah, so I, I do want I do want to uh, apologize for any any inappropriate word usage when we were were discussing mental illness because I think both of us understand that you know that's a, a pejorative and. Yeah, used in that way, totally. but I think I think we're so used to talking because because again, the Joker's doesn't have quote unquote mental illness. He is undefined crazy, and that's part of yeah. part of the problem with, with part of the point of the character yeah. making this character a solo hero. Um, you want to watch the unhinged like superheroes? Um, well done, really well. Uh, watch the boys. No, oh, I love the boys. 
Oh my god! Really, so so good. Disturbing, but good. Yeah, it's on Amazon Prime. It's a series. Uh, I'm sure we, we, have you we talked have about you about. finished it yet? Yep. That needs to be an upcoming episode. <laughs> oh my god, Joe! So good. All right, we're putting it on the list. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, any shout outs? Yes. Um, I well, I obviously again want to shout out my friend Jackie. Uh, I was so glad we went to go see this movie together because. It, I think it grounded me, her presence grounded me, and I learned a lot from kind of getting to see this movie through her lens that she brought. You know, we as geeks are so into this stuff and we're so wrapped up in, you know, our point of views and, and how we feel about these stories that I've always found it beneficial to kind of share these experiences with someone who's not into like all the geeky shit that I'm into because I just, I, it, it gives me another like, like point of view to process. So shout out to Jackie uh, for joining me. And I also wanted to shout out, um, this art, this school that I visited, um, in Atlanta called DeKalb school of the arts and, um, their teacher, um, Nicole Jacobs, uh, licked who, invited me into the classroom and it was a really awesome experience. I've been traveling all over and um, that just stood out just being there for a couple of days and getting to talk to all the art kids um, and just like getting, you know, seeing how excited they are about like being artists and, and figuring out, you know, what kind of creative career they want to have. It was a really cool experience. And I, that's, you know, stuff like that kind of like keeps you going through like a really heavy, you know, crazy travel season. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's, that's an experience that I keep going back to recently going like, damn, that was really awesome. So shout out to, to the kids at the That's awesome. Very cool. Yeah. Um, we don't have a planned podcast for next week. Um, I'm going to throw this out there. This is being recorded probably about a half an hour before last week's episode is going out. I couldn't get it out on Thursday because, um, once again, uh, spontaneous renovations, kept all of my uh, computer equipment under plastic for three days. Um, <laughs> oh my God. So I think the best thing to do is to just kind of announce that I, I believe that our podcasts are going to switch from Thursday releases to weekend releases, most likely on Sunday, just because that's when I'm going to have the most time to sit down and do it now that my laptop no longer wants to edit podcasts. <laughs> cool. So Monday morning on the way to work. They'll, they'll have a geek to do. Yeah, exactly. It'll be we're waiting for you for your drive in on Mondays. Cool. Yep. All the music in this episode is by Ben Sound is being used under a Creative Commons license. You can find more music by Ben Sound at bensound.com. Geektitude is a proud member of the geek to geek network. Check out other geek to geek shows such as geek to geek podcast, tea time with Katie and Chelsea, dragon quest FM, and sometimes Rob. Also check out our Twitch streamers, Capsule J and Troidal Power, and make sure to join our Reddit community at r forward slash geek to geek cast, or join us in Slack or Discord, where you can chat with us in real time. You can currently find us at geek2do.com, as well as on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, and most other podcatchers out there. Please leave us a review and spread the word. If you'd like to contact me, you can send me an email at joehogan at geektitude.com. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Geektitude or me personally at Epic Grays. Rake, where can we find you? I am at Ray Vargas3 um, on just about every social media platform you could think of. So I uh, spend most of my time on Twitter these days. Just go to at Ray Vargas3. You can find me there. And my website is rayvargas3.com if you want to check out some of my artwork. 
Awesome. What well, was great um, hanging out with you today, Ray? The last time the two of us were just on our own was back in July. Oh, what? Wow. Yeah. All the other ones, we had interviews and other guests. This is the first time that it's been you and I solo in three months. Oh, man. Okay. And then when, we're, when we finish recording, we got to talk about when the next one is. Yeah. Well, let's see if we can shove it into your schedule somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> All right, for all of the rest of you listening out there, remember this week, keep it geek. Greetings, programs and applications. I'm Ben, and I am Keith, and we are the, the Two, Two Gay, Gay Geeks. Geeks. We are the nerds behind TG Geeks Webcast, where we talk about sci-fi, comics, film, horror, genre. You name it, we talk about it. We release an episode every Monday morning at 6 a.m. Eastern. You can find us on iTunes, Blueberry, Spreaker, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Also, look us up on YouTube. And of course, we can be found at tggeeks.com, where you can find not only our webcast, but articles about other geeky goodness. So come along for the wildest ride in the potosphere. Did you just say potosphere? <laughs>